0: Two Nerds in a Joke with Robert and Ernie. Can you believe these guys have kids?
1: Thank you, uh, disembodied hot girl voice. This is Two Nerds in a Joke with Robert and Ernie. I am Ernie. Hi, Ernie.
0: And I'm Robert. As always.
1: As always. As always. I've never changed. Well, i was going to say. I <laughs> don't know why you had to mention as well always, but okay, we'll go with that. We'll go with it. We'll go with that. Um, we had a little hiatus. Tiny, the, tiny hiatus. So sorry if you guys were out there waiting for the next installment of your favorite podcast,
0: favoriteest ever, ever. Yes, and thank you for Instagram. Actually, um, we're up to pretty significant numbers, like thirty something followers right now on Instagram. So yay, thank you guys. We yes, thank you. Continue to post and new content on there. Um, one thing I was able to do at least because we did have con and Uh, Supercon. Supercon, yes. Supercon down man. You may have seen some of the posts from that. Check us out on uh, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, all the usual sites. We have stuff and videos, some really cool videos I got of uh, the two R2D2s that were on Con. That was my fave. Yeah, dancing together. That was pretty sweet. Um, But we will do a full special event podcast at some point of what happened at Con and go through all the cool stuff and what I did and what my friends did. and Shout out. To JLS Comics, thank you for spending some time with us. I saw the article you wrote. It was awesome. Check out JLS Comics, and you'll see the link to the article there as well. Um, he had a very, very nice things to say about Owl's Treasures and everything uh, about his experience with us there, so awesome there. But we just had some stuff we had to take care of. Each of us got really busy, um, and uh, we're back now, so stop your whining. And what do we have today?
1: We have a great interview with one of our friends of the podcast.
0: Yes, Ron. Ron. Um, He is, we would call him a book professional nerd. Um, He knows tons of things about authors and books. And um, the interview we have with him that you're going to hear here in a second really goes in depth on movies that came from books in the nerd topics and nerd genres and his opinions on them and what was the best one that ever kind of translated over and stuff like that. So really kind of cool, um, very um, informative, I would say, wouldn't you? Yeah, it was good. Yeah, it was definitely a good interview. Uh, So we had a lot of fun with Ron. And what else we have before we go into it? Do we have anything else?
1: Uh, We got some – you already mentioned the After Con special. yes. Uh we're, we're going to be posting up some uh some more content. We're still looking for people who would like to be guests.
0: Yes. So please.
1: anybody who has any topics or anything that you would like for us to discuss. Uh upcoming uh down the pipe, we have a couple movies coming out. Ghostbusters?
0: Yes. Ghostbusters is a big one. Well.
1: Well. I mean, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Star Trek?
0: Star Trek. I'm excited about the Star Trek. I think and
1: suicide squad
0: which we will be doing a lot of yes stuff for. we're
1: gonna we're gonna hit suicide squad heavy
0: yes that'll be the big one that'll be us. a big one yes. so summer, all you some are movie flicks oh yes <laughs> uh, some of you
1: suicide squad fans out there if you guys want to pipe in and join us for a little round table discussion be more than happy to or oh, yeah yeah That'd send in great. send in any photos that you may have or if you dress up like maybe harley quinn or any of the other characters in the movie deadshot Are we okay
0: with guys that are
1: dressing as Holly? I don't know. If you could pull it off, so be it. (laughs) (laughs) So be it. If you
0: could pull it off. That would be funny.
1: That would be funny. That would be awesome.
0: Um, But yeah, um, also, one other side mention, another little plug here for uh, JLS and uh, Jesse Comics is you may have seen from his uh, site on YouTube, um, he's actually doing Tuesday night comic book discussions every Tuesday, Um, hoping that me and Ernie can get on there at least once to be part of his grand panel live And Ernie and I are looking at maybe doing something live in the near future, so keep your eyes and ears posted for that, um, just to kind of give it an experiment, try it out. So, um, we also have a new thing that we are going to experiment with. Um, We did, um, um, Twitter has Periscope, which is a live feed. So, if you're on Periscope at all, come check us out. We're going to definitely do some stuff on there as well. So, So, a new branch out for us, but I blather. Bloviate. Um, Bloviate, excuse me. Bloviate. So, Ernie, are, are we ready here?
1: I think we are. Let's roll the thingy.
0: Let's roll the thingy. Tape! And Tape.
1: here
2: we go. Welcome, everyone, to Two Nerds and a Joke with Robin and Ernie. I am Ernie. I'm Robert. And we're here today to bring you another wonderful episode of our little, somewhat weekly podcast. But well, it's still weekly, right? It is weekly,
0: except for last week, which we're going to get into.
2: Well, that's not our fault.
0: No. Sure.
2: It's never our fault. <laughs>
0: never our fault. But we do have a guest today.
2: And, and you ungrateful listeners, it's a free podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're not charging you for these things. No. We're giving not this to you free.
0: Yes. Um, But yes, we do have a guest today. Um, His name is Ron. Friend of the podcast. Friend of the podcast. And Ernie, if you'll start us off with your glorious question that we love to hear.
2: The one question I always ask all of our guests is, give me your bona fides. What makes you nerdy?
0: Okay,
3: what makes me nerdy? Oh, gee, where do I start? Well, first off, I didn't realize that at 50 years old, I'd be ending up on Sesame Street. I'm doing a podcast with Bert and
0: Ernie, for God's sake. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there you go. There's a joke.
3: (laughs) Now, what what, what clarifies me as a nerd again, being 50, I'm sure I I know I'm older than Robert. uh, Ernie, I I suppose I'm uh, I'm older than you as well. I don't think you're 37 yet. Oh, man. (laughs) you fifty? Just... I, I don't know. I don't know. how old you, are. you know. Again, it's through like,
2: yeah, a phone. No, I can't it's... see it, You know. I'll, I'll <laughs> guess I'll
0: be thirty-seven. Thank you, sir. Thank you for bringing that up. But you know.
2: <laughs> well, I <laughs> was enough... just an age. I didn't say that you were.
3: I just that was an age I threw out. You commented.
0: I'm just saying. I'm not saying.
3: I'm just saying. Yes, yeah, so I. Now, as I was saying, as I was saying, I have you know I've been you know surrounded by sci-fi you know. From the '60s and '70s, at the height of cheesiness. Oh wow! So, so, so there's so there's many layers. There's Gruyere, there's blue cheese, you know, some real stinkers. But uh, I've always had a love of sci-fi. Um, there was a series of books I read as a kid that I actually kept uh, the books themselves, quality pa- uh, paperback books. Uh, the author was Alexander Key, hmm. and one of his this book was called. The Forgotten Door by Alexander Key. I, whether that's a pen name, that was the name. But I'm sure you've heard of his other books, his other works. Either of you see Escape to Witch Mountain? Yeah.
0: Yes. Yes. Return to Witch Mountain. Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 These are
3: all. These are all written by Alexander Key. Wow. So. So yeah, I mean, there, there you go. There's your. There's your. you learn something new every day. Moment. <laughs> I, so I have. I have always. Love sci-fi. I remember a 70s TV sh- uh, TV movie. I don't, for the life of me, remember what it is. But if there's a listener out there that remembers it. The character ran around in a silver jumpsuit, and he derived his superpowers by light energy by the sun. And at the end of the episode, he saved by the light of a firefly from exploding. From Dynamite in the Cave. That's all I remember as a kid about this movie and I can't remember the name of it.
0: It drives me crazy. It's fantastic <laughs> movie as a kid.
2: Wow. So. Oh, that's awesome.
0: That's I think that's, mean, that's
3: a... my credentials. Do I, do I do I pass mustard?
0: Yeah, you definitely pass mustard. <laughs> um that, uh, now Ernie mentioned uh, one thing that I actually want to get in with you too, Ron, because I know this past weekend for a lot of folks um was a little bit of a interesting one because a lot of us fathers um, had our kids for the weekend, or quasi had our kids, or sort of had our kids, or something like that. Uh, specifically, actually, if you don't mind me putting it out there, everybody, three men here—Ron, Ernie, and myself—who actually have children from a previous relationship. So we have that kind of sharing thing. And most exes, I, I hope most exes, um, you know, say, "Hey, it's Father's Day. You know, kick you out of the house, go spend time with Dad." Um, my kids had, I had my kids for a little bit longer than just Father's Day. I had them from Wednesday on, which is part of the reason why, uh, the podcast didn't really happen, um, last week. So, sorry about that, guys. That's partially my fault, but it's not really my fault. Um, and then, Ernie, you had your daughter for the week, weekend, week, weekend. Um, what about you, Ron? Did you end up having your, uh, kid for the, the week, weekend? I
3: had dinner with her on Thursday
0: night. Uh, well, Okay. <laughs>
3: <laughs> right. See, the, the, the ex had planned a long week away, leaving Friday morning over Father's Day weekend to head out of town to do a tour of uh, Florida and Natural Springs, which I actually went camping at another park with uh, Beautiful Springs up at Kelly Park in Apopka, Florida. Mm. Great place to uh, spend the afternoon to co-op during the summer. We're highly recommended to everybody, Kelly Park, nice. beautiful place. Anyway, uh, she planned this uh, without realizing that the weekend was Father's Day. Ah. Now, I can't blame her because she's actually been going under some stress lately. We have two uh, mutual uh, people in, in our life that uh, one is, uh, is sadly in a hospice. Uh, Susan, I hope to God you're feeling better. You get better, but it doesn't sound good. Uh, and another friend is uh, in the hospital, Awaiting a heart transplant, oh, so for for several weeks, you know, she was back and forth to the hospitals with my daughter, who was very upset
2: about
3: the whole thing. So, you know, she was she was, uh, you know, I, I can't be mad at her. You know, no. it's what you know, it's time to get away, and you know, I'll always have my daughter. So,
0: God willing, God You're, bless. Yes, know? absolutely. And and Ron, for your daughter, have you passed along any of those nerd? bona fides, as, as Ernie would put it, to her? Does she share in any of your nerd love books or otherwise?
3: Oh, I've tried. I've tried.
0: She's a lost cause. Oh, no.
3: She's a lost cause. I have a very close friend of mine who uh, we grew up together. We grew up loving Star Wars, uh, the Evil Dead movies. We, we we saw Army of Darkness, Evil mm-hmm. Dead 3, Bruce, Bruce uh, Campbell in the theater when it came out. Fell to the seat laughing our asses off. We grew up, both of us, with a love of sci-fi movies. His daughter, his kids, march in the Disney parades for the Star Wars vacation. Aww. His daughter's on the website, just as Leia. His family, they've got all the the, the the banners with the pins and all that <laughs> stuff. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I don't want to read Harry Potter. Well, you got to read the book. I gave her the first three books of Harry Potter you got to read these books. They're fantastic. I don't want to read them. I can't have a movie. I didn't like... Um, Star Wars. I saw it. It was okay. You made me watch it. <laughs> I think it was all right. So, oh, unfortunately, man. the nerd dies with me.
0: I'm, I'm the last surviving nerd. <laughs> wow. That is sad. That's sad. I mean, because... Oh, I
2: mean, man. That's heart-wrenching, man. That's heart-wrenching hey, even you, Ernie,
0: your daughter's trying to get herself a, what was it, a storm, tro- pink tor- Stormtrooper costume? Yeah,
2: she wants uh, to be cool. Pink Vader. <laughs> she wants to be Pink Vader. Pink Vader. <laughs> That's cool.
3: It's, I it's might be able to help you out. i got the name of, of a company that specializes in costumes. I know they, they specialize in, like, for Renaissance costumes, costumes, but I think they do all types of cosplay. So if you really need it, be serious. I mean, Oh, I got connections. I know people. I know a lot of people out there. I've been <laughs> there you around go. the block a few times. I, you know, I got the credentials. To it,
2: I'm telling you. Oh, well, that's why we do this, man. We got to open up the world to this. I mean, we just can't just keep this to ourselves. We have to spread this around.
0: Yeah. Well, it was, it was funny. My daughter took down all her Frozen posters this weekend. She's like, I'm done with Frozen, and she put up Ant Man and a Batman poster. <laughs> And she and she wants me at con. Her favorite character of all is the Hulk. Actually, she absolutely loves the Hulk, and she wants some posters of the Hulk. And she's like, if the if the Hulk is there, or the guy who draws the Hulk is there, I want an autograph and all this stuff. And my son's all into um, Attack on Titan. So there's gonna be some people there from Attack on Titan at the con in uh, July. So he wants a whole bunch of that stuff. So it's I, thankfully, and it's funny because my ex is not really that nerdy. She she has some book love and things like that. But um, the the person I'm currently with, she's all horrific. So it's kind of weird. You get kind of I've kind of converted from non-nerd life to a nerd life, and kind of. Drag the kids along with me, which is kind of fun. And, you know, she's not close to it, my ex, but she's definitely not, like, going out watching Star Wars on binge and things like that. So it's kind of an interesting mix um, with me and the kids now being able to be that nerdy. Um, One of the things that we all do, um, I think, is, and you mentioned already, Ron, was reading books. So um, obviously you mentioned a couple of movie book translations. What in your mind, because you're well-read, I know that, is a really good conversion, where a book converted over to a movie and was actually pretty decent and wasn't, you know, completely off base from where it started.
3: One, one of my favorites uh, has to be uh, the uh, uh, um, uh, Silence of the Lambs. Oh. Uh, I'm, I'm drawing a blank on the uh, author's name, uh, Thomas Harris, I believe. Uh, he wrote. Uh, he wrote "Sounds of the Lambs," which everybody loves. You know, Jodie Foster, Anthony Hopkins, and everything. Um, but the the, the adaptation of that from uh, book to movie, I thought was fantastic. Uh, more so for the fact that the screenplay uh, dr- uh, version of it won for best picture. I mean, that that speaks right there.
0: Wow! That speaks yeah. Right
3: there, you know how, how good of a translation it was. Even better, uh, his other book, um, which everybody, you know, fails to, uh, doesn't remember, or doesn't uh, think about, um, the first book in the series was Red Dragon, made into a movie, mm-hmm. uh, Manhunter, by Michael Mann, uh, Rick, well, Richard Peterson, I think, was the actor. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: I remember you know? Manhunter, yes. I remember that yeah. one. Because that tells the story of Dr. Hannibal Lecter doing the crimes, right? Well, actually, uh,
3: Manhunter was was in the search for uh, a different uh, killer, and uh, Hannibal Lecter is introduced in that. Because they created... Uh, it It was the actor Brian Cox who was Hannibal Lecter. So Brian Cox, you know, originated the role did a very sinister uh, version of it, a very good version. I highly recommend, if you haven't seen it in a while, Manslaughter. It was very good. And then they remade it, I think, with Ray Fiennes as uh, Red Dragon. And it was a pretty good adaptation as well.
0: They also so, did a Red Dragon in 2002 with mm-hmm. the um, original cast as a remake um, of it as well, With um, uh, by Brett R- Rather, Radler, I think it is. is? Brett Rattler? Yeah, yeah Brett he was Radner. the director on that one. And it had the, the regular cast, Anthony Hopkins, etc. So they remade it to kind of fit into the Silence of a Man Lamb movies. Of course, the only difference there is um, by the time he did Red Dragon versus Silence of the Lambs, it was kind of uh, he looked a little older. So it was kind of a, an interesting way of doing it, but it it, it kind of worked.
3: uh, I, uh I I. So that version with, with Ray Fiennes, that was directed by Brett Ratner. I don't remember who, who directed it, but it was
0: on TV. I guess it was that one. Yeah.
3: But it was good. It was, it was fantastic. It was a very, very
0: good uh, version of it. Those are interesting choices. because You know, you think of the typical book-to-movie, big, big book-to-movie stuff, um, you know, the sci-fi genre and stuff, and you don't. everybody is always complaining about how off they are, how they missed the mark. or how. I mean, mm-hmm. you mentioned Harry Potter. You know, book to movies. The movies were great, um, and they yeah. covered a lot of the books. But there's just so much missing, you know. And there's some crucial pieces missing and switched around just slightly. Um,
3: exactly. Exactly. You can only do so much.
0: Yeah, I oh. think. But I think one of the things that that made that I didn't like in the Harry Potter series, at least for book to movie, was when Dumbledore died. That scene mm-hmm. it, it made Harry in the movie version look like he was a coward. Where in the book he was actually under a spell and couldn't move. So that's kind of an interesting. It's a subtle point, but that was one of those things. And a lot of times with movies and book translations, subtle little differences can change your view of a character. And if you're, you know, a fanboy or fangirl or fan person, whatever the term is, it can really kind of be like, really, guys, you really, um, you know, when it's that subtle little twist of a character. I like it. I, I have
3: two other movies that I really enjoy uh, now, more so having experienced uh, the, the books. Uh, well, the first one is, is uh, Dune, the movie Dune, the Dino De Laurentiis. Oh, wow. In the of McLaughlin. hmm Very recently, I listened to an audiobook. It was like 23 hours or 29 hours.
2: <laughs> Of this book, <laughs> I was just going to ask you. Don't <laughs> tell me you read that book because that was a hard read, even when I first tried to read it in the '80s. Exactly. I was
3: a kid. I was I was uh, very you know I was afraid to read such a thick book. I mean, I didn't think I'd understand it. It was such, you know thick and daunting. But I listened to it in audio form, and I highly suggest there are many versions uh, for audio books. A lot of people, a lot of people will be asking this broadcast. Accessing it through YouTube, you can uh, find fantastic audiobooks listed on YouTube. Check them out. Look for an audiobook of your favorite book. Chances are you'll find an audiobook. Hmm. Or check out Audible. Uh, is, a, is a very good uh, uh, program. Uh, I use also, uh, I get uh, audiobooks all the time, and it's really, really uh, nice because you get, you know, 16, 18, 20 hours. I walk my dog. And I listen as a, to, to a chapter. I'm listening now to uh, uh, the, the Grass Tyson
2: hmm.
3: uh, the, talking about uh, the, the creation of the universe, breaking it down, uh, talking about now the uh, elements on the periodic chart and how, where they are in space and, and whatnot. Fascinating stuff. But I listened to Dune on the audiobook, watched the movie, and for what they were working with, they did a really nice uh, version, you know. Brought it to, to teleplay. They, you know, no, had to sure. change things around. They had to, you know, do what they needed to do because it's so vast.
0: Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It, but, it's it's the cutting down of what do you cut out. Also, when you get to yeah. book that lanes, they also did a TV series, I believe, of Dune as well, a three part series back in yeah, I want to say two thousand something like that.
3: Yeah, it was in the late nineties, early two thousand on the Sci Fi Channel. That would be uh, an interesting program to rewatch I know I had it I recorded it on theH text tape work it was, I still have it in a box in my storage somewhere nice um, but uh, they did a really nice version of it they really did.
0: yeah I, I hadn't oh, watched't watched the TV version oh, again in in ages but I, I remember seeing it on there sometimes but that's a lot of things too is um, one of the other modalities they do with books in in um, converting it over is not to movies but to TV miniseries. Um, yeah. They've done that a couple of times, not always as successfully I feel, um, as they did with with this with the movies and the bigger budgets. I mean, sci-fi has definitely tried its hand at that, again, with The Dune and a few others that they've run mm-hmm. that are based off books, but uh, you have that whole quasi-okay acting that kind of sometimes falls a little flat. I, I mean, I love variations on the Oz story. Um, and they did, what was it, Tin Man, I think, was a uh, sci-fi? I didn't say, so, yeah. And I just, I, just didn't, I just didn't like it. The, and I, I think the story was good, I just don't think the acting was great. And that kind of turned me off it a little bit.
3: Yeah, I, c- I can definitely understand if, if the actors don't represent what the, what the book character is. A uh, perfect example being uh, Tom Cruise in the Lee Childs movies, the, the, the Jack Reacher character. Jack Reacher's character is six foot two, hundred and eighty pounds of solid muscle, former MP. i
0: <laughs> <laughs> a little bit shorter than that.
2: Just a hair, just a
0: touch, just a wee, wee bit. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Yeah, but they're making, a, they're making another one, another Jack Reacher movie.
2: I was uh, pleasantly surprised it. with Jack Reacher. I thought that was a good translation to big screen. I thought it would be uh, kind of hokey based on the trailers, but when I mm-hmm. actually watched it, it actually was a nice watch.
3: Yeah, it was a good movie. It's, it's a good vehicle for him now, and he, he definitely, like I said, he's in the middle of filming the uh, the, the second one now. It uh, talks of a third one. Lord knows Lee Child has... has what like twenty different uh, you know books in the Jack Reacher novels? I've read quite a few of them, so definitely uh, a, f- a fan uh, of his work. So and they did do a good job, but that's, that's what I'm saying. That translation from print to screen, it's not always what you'd expect. Sometimes yeah. you have successes like Tom Cruise. Other times it's like you got to be kidding me. Matthew McConaughey as uh, Kurt as uh, Dirk uh, Dirk Pitt. In Sahara, Matthew wish... McConaughey's great actor. He's not blue-eyed. You need to have a blue-eyed character. You know, Conan, blue-eyed, blue-eyed barbarian. Oh, Schwarzenegger. Yeah, big body. Just the subtle things. Come on, you need to have continuity. You need to have the blue eyes. You need to have... It needs to have the look. It needs to match the look. Don't mm-hmm. just put the actor in to fill that look. It's a square pig in a round hole. It, it doesn't always work.
2: Well, and that brings me to a point I wanted to ask you about. Let's just say you have, like, the the genre of, hey, this is a really good book series or a really good uh, story, and we want to translate it out. One of the things I notice is that you can either go with trying to get your whole story to contain within a ninety or a hundred or a hundred and twenty minute movie, or do what some people are doing like on TV shows and spread it over 13 hours. you have 13 hours to spread this world. What do you see as being the trend going forward? Do you see more of these books being adapted to movies or do you see these movies or screenplays being adapted for like TV shows just so that way they can get, like you said, the continuity, the experience, just to bring in those two fans together?
3: I think the way that, that uh, technology is, is moving forward, uh, Theatrical movies are, are, I don't want to say that they're going to be passe, but it's going to be more of of a a sheer delight to do occasionally than uh, like people do today with movie theaters. I think the access to the digital format for movies, uh, pirated stuff, torrents that you can find through the Internet, a movie is released online the same day it's released in the theater it's going to get to a point, you, look, you have the series now, like Netflix, talking uh, uh, Daredevil, uh, 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 Jessica Jones, uh, you got Power Man coming out. All these fantastic series that, yeah, they can make a nice two, two and a half hour series, but they know they're going to kill it with direct access. Make it, you know, film them all, have them readily available. That's the future. That's the way it's going to be. Movies, people, why they want to go out. They'll stay home, they'll make theater popcorn at home, stay home, save the gas. That's
0: and, it's going to be. Yeah, and that's, I, I, I can see that being the case, too, especially with things, you know, comic books or even book series. I mean, it was interesting, they did one, um, Shannara, um, was a huge book series, massive, l- length, large books, and they're trying to do it as a TV series on MTV.
3: Yeah, I was, I was actually re- reading uh, an article on the website, Blaster, B-L-A-S-T-R. Great website for information, uh, updated news on sci-fi and whatnot. Um, So that's a really great source of information. And just this morning, I was looking at an article where they interviewed Perry Brooks talking to him about, you know, what he wants to do and how the MTV version came about. And he was happy, the fact that John Favreau was involved and he saw the cast and he saw the writing. And, you know, he was all for uh, the second series and, you know, making, you know, film versions, TV versions of his books. You realize this is the the best way to get as much of the story without diluting it too much for time. Because if you think about it with movies, it's all about how many tickets you can sell, but how many viewings you can have in the theater on that screen in one day. You have a movie that's a three-hour movie that's less... Show times, that's less money coming in, so they've got to keep trimming it down to two and a half or two hours, more show times available with a shorter film. So that's why you have these great stories, you have all these elements of it that unfortunately have to get trimmed down to what you see. And sometimes editing can only do so much.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't even think of that, um, that it's really almost a matter of how many showings they can get out of it and, and a profit margin thing rather than a time constraint thing. Because, I mean, if you think about, you know, Lord of the Rings, for example, yeah, it was a two-hour movie, but then they released it, you know, you know um, on DVD. They added about, what, an hour to it, uh, to each yeah, one? Yeah. I mean, and it was gorgeous and beautiful. I mean, they still, you know, did some variation from the book, but they made a good well, translation,
2: well then, keep in mind. Yeah. Uh, this is the one thing I remember about the other trilogy, because I only think there's only one real trilogy, um, is the fact that everyone loved that uh, Lord of the Rings trilogy, and they were like, Peter Jackson, you know, you could keep doing these movies, we'll, we'll go out and watch them until he did the Hobbit series, and I think the Hobbit series is probably what killed any more of those type of franchises to come back around again, because I think yeah, I, I think.
3: Know. I don't know. It grossed uh, several billion dollars. So uh, I'm sure we'll see so merrily in the river. How you pronounce that, that, that little book that's floating around out there? I have it on my bookshelf. <laughs> I've never read it. But people want to keep hearing the stories, and then they'll sell. I love you're talking about uh, books to movies um, with the original trilogy. Uh, I my, my friend hates me to this day that I made him watch 17 and a half hours of this movie, the extended editions, back to back to back, <laughs> in an afternoon. But I have to say, when I saw these movies in the, in the in in the theaters, seeing them in 3-D, especially the third one, that battle over Minus Kirith. Mm. Oh,
2: you're talking, the talking
3: about the original. You're, you're talking about
2: the original, right?
3: I'm talking the original. But, but okay. You can see. You're looking down from above, bird's eye view, the battle going forth, right? You see the point of, of, the, of that... Uh, of uh, the point of the cliff overlooking the battlefield below. You know what I'm talking about?
0: hmm Yep.
3: So and that, that literally, I swear to God, no no lie, I started to cry. Because, looking at this, I, I, I felt like uh, when Alexander gazed upon the breadth of his domain, he wept, there, there were no more worlds to conquer. We brought Tolkien to life on the big screen. I thought they did such a beautiful job of creating this world with these digital effects. I would gladly pay tooth and nail for any other Tolkien-esque movie that, that Jackson wants to uh, would, would care to make because they did such a beautiful job. Yeah, they, you know he sticks to out to three movies for this one. He shouldn't have. Uh, the Hobbit itself, you know, could have been told in two. But I, but it was. I loved it. I thought they were fantastic.
0: Well, I love the fact, too, for at least the the Hobbit, the first one. And I think, and I'm not sure if this is where you come from, Ernie, with it, is that it didn't need to be a trilogy or if you had some other issues with it. I know you kind of find them uh, at points a little less than exciting. Um, But when you go into the first movie, The Hobbit, and, you know, me and my kids were reading The Hobbit before we went because we were like, all right, let's see how accurate they're going to be. And, you know, there's differences. They made changes, obviously, but. The first scene in The Hobbit and the first scene in the book and the movie, dialogue-wise, are exactly the same. They literally took it off the freaking page. And my son and I were in the theater going, oh my
1: god, oh my god!
0: So, I mean, those kinds of things when you've read the book. And the director, no matter how the overall picture and the overall movie turns out, has that much passion that he's literally taking direct dialogue right from the book like, word for word, and you're like, oh, my God. you got to give him some credit for that, at least, if nothing else. definitely.
2: Definitely. Well, yes. Now, keep in mind this, that my exposure to that whole trilogy, and I hate that we're going off on a tangent about this, about books and movies, but my first exposure to The Hobbit was that um, Rankin-Bass cartoon that came out, like, late 70s, (laughs) early 80s. (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, I love that
3: one. I love the basket movies. They were fantastic. Weren't
2: they fantastically drawn? Like, they weren't CGI. They were hand-drawn. You could see the mistakes. It was great watching them. Oh, I love
3: those.
2: And then my friend had said, you know, these are books, right? I'm like, what? And he gave me, like, his copies of the books. And I spent an entire summer rereading those books. And how he invented this whole world. Like, it, it was so... Like, maybe this really did happen. Maybe there really is a Middle-earth. Like, the way he framed it. And then when I heard they were making it like a big-time production and they were treating it serious, I was like, okay, I'm in. And I saw the first run, you know, the the first go, the Fellowship of the Ring, and I was like, okay, well... It drug on a little bit. There was a little too much walking, a little too much orchestration, a little too much, like, panning out in big crane helicopters, swooping shots. And I get it. He's trying to, you know, give us, like, the vastness of this of this venture. <clears throat> but to me, it was kind of like, uh, you know what? It doesn't really feel the same like I did when I watched the cartoon. Like, I don't know if there was a, 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 a generational gap there or, like you said, like I thought that third movie um, – What was the third movie called? Um,
3: uh, Of the original trilogy?
2: Yeah, the original trilogy.
3: Return of the King.
2: Return of the King. Great movie. I mean, it could have had ended like two times before it actually ended. Because I thought the first fade out, I thought it was done. And then I was like, oh, wait a minute, there's more. (laughs) <laughs> and then it was like another forty-five minutes, and then I'm like, okay, it faded out again. Now it's time to go. Oh no, wait, wait, wait. There's more. <laughs> you know, it was, <laughs> it
3: was like, <laughs> yeah, that, that was that was a little a little much, but uh, still, though. I mean, you gotta the emotion of it. Just that, yeah. uh, you know, it was just you know, everybody was, was would say negative things, but you can see it's pure love between the characters of, you know, that that trust, that brotherhood, that. The, that shared, uh, you know, shared connection from you know surviving, you know, horrible. You know, it's such, such, such a series of, of events, you know.
2: Yeah, and, and and like you said, that battle scene. Like I remember reading about the battle, kind of similar to like the second set of trilogy, the Battle of the Five Armies. Like in my mm-hmm. mind, reading the book, I had an idea of what that might have looked like. And what Peter Jackson did in that first trilogy, in that mm. battle, I thought was just amazing. I thought it was amazing, like, when in the second movie, when they did that battle at, I forgot what that was, Helm's Keep or something like that? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought that was insane. Yeah. I was like, there's <laughs> no way you could top this. And then he did it. I mean, I give him that. He, he broke the bank on that one. But, man, I thought that second one, the Battle of Minas Tirith, oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, it was some beautifully done graphics. And, I mean, it wasn't... And it's funny, too, because you think of that... Okay, you think of that and you compare it to, like, a 300, for example. Artistically, just as beautiful, but totally different in directions of beauty versus gore. But still has that artistic quality to it. And it's just amazing how you, you there isn't... If you look at it, there isn't, like, almost no blood. No, you know, there's a little severed heads here and there. But you create a whole war without killing anybody, quote-unquote. I thought that yeah. was kind of impressive. You don't that's have that's to show it. Yeah. <laughs> you don't and have to see and
3: it. And it's all CGI, so,
0: it's, you know. But the cool thing, though, with the CGI in that movie, and movies after that movie, too, was if if the CGI stands out so much, then it doesn't make the movie work. It has to be CGI, that works. You know what I'm saying? Oh, like, I mean, that.
3: like uh, Hugh Jackman in uh, Van Helsing? Yeah. Yeah. With, 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 <laughs> with a horse, uh, a stagecoach and a horse jumping a cliff? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. yeah. <laughs> but well, am for me, the, for me, the biggest, the biggest, bo- well, it's not a bomb because it's still making money. I think there's another movie coming out. Uh, the Transformers CGI disasters. Ugh.
3: Oh, Yeah yeah a, a, a Japanese samurai uh, robot okay I can see that you know i picking up the Japanese samurai uh, robot form. okay I can see that dinosaurs okay yeah I, I can see that
0: it's just so it's just so bad <laughs> it's just so bad yeah and, and that, I don't know what, what my, one of my favorite movies this is a
3: guilty pleasure movie not many people like it but uh, f them I really don't
2: care. <laughs> What's that?
3: Uh, Howard the Duck.
2: <laughs> I love I'm it. a fan of Howard the Duck. I love it. George Lucas. Dude, my brother. And Embrace I, I the Duck. It.
3: Kim Robbins. Oh, yeah. Where he escapes in the ultralight. <laughs> hey, welcome oh. back, Phil.
2: Great to be back,
3: Howard. I
2: just love that. <laughs> that is pretty twisted. I <laughs> love that movie. It's a shame it came out... I think uh, what's the same? What it did. I think I think yeah. that was a shame because then like a year later, um Roger Rabbit came out and everyone forgot about Howard the Duck. Yeah. Exactly,
3: exactly. If they made it animated, which there there, there are talks of, of redoing it properly with proper CGI with a proper CGI Howard, again, I, I'm I'm standing in line. I I I support George Lucas in that respect.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I, did, yeah.
3: I did I did I did like I did like that that, that version, I do have to say.
0: Well, to be fair, too, they I'm did weird. show a bit, no, because it's, it's a good concept, because they showed a touch, a hair of it, if you remember in that extended scene of Guardians of the Galaxies. They exactly, showed exactly. Howard. They showed Howard. Exactly. I would watch that, Howard. That was a good-looking uh-huh. Howard. That was yeah, a handsome exactly. duck right there. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> you look
3: good with I don't know. I don't
2: know. <laughs> Dude, it, was, it was such a mistimed movie. I, I, I still say that one... Uh, the the adventures of Buckaroo Banzai. Um, oh, that's
3: another of my favorites.
2: Oh, dude, it's, it's No matter it was,
3: where you where you where you are. There you no
2: matter where you go. There you are. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, John Lithgow and Peter Weller. I mean, who, who, I mean, come on. How can you not like a movie exactly. with those two guys in it? Exactly. Exactly.
0: Wow! Exactly. It 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 falls it falls into that same category of those weird '80s movies that it's like they had such quip And People still use and talk about them to this day. You know, and do, and and you see it in other yes. movies. You see yeah. it in other movies. There's always a reference to
3: it in something, which mm-hmm. is cool. It, yeah. it, it, it's a tip of the hat, and
0: that's
2: yeah.
3: fantastic.
2: Yeah, that's yeah. fun. So with Howard the Duck, did you ever get a chance to read those um, graphic novels? Or did you just see the movie and was just like, oh, this is a cool movie?
3: Well, I knew of Howard the Duck. I, just, I had seen the comics. Um, I was aware of the comics, I guess I should say. Uh, but I never actually read any of them. You know, um, I'd seen them. I flipped through them. But I just never... See, with, with, with comics, I... I, would, I collected comics when I was in high school. Um, for about three, four years, five years, I have a collection of stuff. Uh, and that's a bad end. I haven't really followed stuff in years. It wasn't, you know, I pick up stuff every now and then. So I, I guess maybe I lose some uh, nerd cred for, uh, for that. But I, I still try to stay on top of things.
0: Well, to be you know. fair, because, I, I mean, we talk about this occasionally, too. Ernie and I try to stay on top of stuff, too, in the comic world, but it's like, mm.
3: it, it's Everything just, changes every other year.
0: Yeah, the it's those, just so the much.
3: new DC, even newer mm. DC. No, mm-hmm. oh, wait, here's a new DC. <laughs> yeah. It gets too confusing.
0: Yeah, yeah, I just actually finished, just finished reading the uh, multiverse story of Spider-Man, which actually was pretty good. Um, my friend loaned me their multi- their graphic novel of all the comics in one, um, like, mm-hmm. okay, and the prices are outrageous. Like, see, I think you paid like seventy bucks for the thing or eighty bucks for the thing. It was like crazy. But it was like every comic that was part of the series. It was great, but it's like half the stuff in there, you know, is from other comics and you know it's from other universes. And you're like, all right, I know I'm missing out on so much here. I mean, I'm just going to enjoy the story for what it is, but I know there's more that I'm just totally missing out on. Yeah. It just,
3: it uh, I, I, mean, I, I I try to look at stuff I, I I go into uh kate's comics in uh in Lauder Hill and uh I just look at the wall of stuff and I just shake my head and it's like oh my god how, how can you catch up yeah, uh, yeah
0: where do you, where do you even start? I mean, that's the biggest thing is where do you even start? You know, and time is is a valuable thing. You know, it's, yeah. you don't have much of it, so you got to use it for what's the most important. But if you were to catch up, I mean, I'll ask this of everyone. If you were to catch up on a specific comic or a specific mm-hmm. character in comics, what would be your first choice? What would be? I need to catch up. I'm gonna. If I had the time to do it, which one would you catch up on first?
3: Oh gosh, that's that's a difficult uh, question. Which which you uh, love the best? Um, I mean, there's so many series, X-Men, Wolverine, alone. I
0: mean, yeah, I'd I almost want to do that one because I know it quote-unquote ends, if you will. Spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't read the comics, but, I mean, with the Death of Wolverine series, you know there's an end there. And yeah, he comes back in some weird form, blah, 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 but, um, it, it is an end. There is a finite point there, and it's like, well, at least I know where it ends. And you can kind of base it around that.
2: Yeah, but we all know comics is just the second act of a story. We all know that.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, I, I don't know what the third act is, but they'll never finish that act, I don't think.
2: Are, are, are you telling me
3: that, that, that Wolfram dies?
0: <laughs> you, are,
3: you are kidding, right? <laughs> <laughs> no!
0: No! I know! I know! I know! In a stupid way from what I was, what I heard, but yeah.
2: He's always dead until he's not.
3: Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah,
2: exactly. Well, Second act.
0: well, and that's the thing too that I keep telling, I keep talking to people about when they talk about um, the superhero movie genre and how the superhero movies don't match the comic book stories, and I'm like, dude. Every major, the two major, the two big boys, DC and Marvel, both believe in the multiverse concept. You know they do. They've mentioned it thousands of times. Who's to say the story they picked is from the classic universe that everybody knows? It could be from an alternate universe storyline. You don't know. They ain't going to tell you. So don't worry about it. Just enjoy.
3: Well, that's why I try to. I just take it for what it is. And I take everything that the that, that DC and Marvel universe uh, throw at me with a grain of salt and know that uh, they're going to get my money There's no point in resisting. Uh, 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 their, their ticket purchase is pretty much guaranteed.
0: Yeah, right, you for know, pretty so, much anything. Yeah, so I could deal. Yeah, I could deal. Absolutely. Well, it's <laughs> it's been a real pleasure having you on. Definitely friend of the podcast. Is there anything you'd like to plug before we, every of us go home and go to bed? Because I'm tired. Oh.
3: Actually, I am working on uh, a project now for uh, a Kickstarter campaign.
0: Oh, okay.
3: Uh, Yeah, I'm I'm actually uh, doing something for a book of poetry that uh, I've been uh, working on for the last 30 years. (laughs) Um, I've I've, I've, I've compiled a a book of poetry, and literally I I just have to do a video. Uh, So I'm reaching out to some friends to get some uh, help uh, to do a video for myself for Kickstarter. And uh, within the next uh, couple of weeks, I'm hoping to have uh, my Kickstarter campaign up. And uh, hopefully, uh, if uh, people hear this, maybe they'll uh, like some of my poems. I'd be more than happy to share some. Uh, oh, I have, awesome. You know, pu- we were talking about books before.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, one of my poems uh, I actually wrote. Uh, well, uh, let me just read it to you. Okay, go ahead. It's called called My Friends. Uh, They've been my friends, my companions, keeping me company when I needed it the most. Whether it's cold or raining outside, or even if it's as bright as a summer's afternoon, they are there for me. Some of them are big, some small. Some of them are long, while others are short. Yet no matter their size or shape, each one is perfect unto itself. Some make me laugh, while others make me cry, and while some frighten me, others console me. Each one is full of surprises, no two the same. They wait my call to enlighten, inform, entertain, and to teach. Each one a memory, a friend from long ago, till there are some whose acquaintance I have yet to make, whose adventures have yet to begin. They sit on my shelves, my books, and I love them all.
0: And that... Is how to end a podcast. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's We we'll, awesome. would we'll, we'll, we'll definitely. We will. We'll definitely. Where's? <laughs> do we have a site yet for it, or will we will? We'll talk more about that when you have the well, site up for well, quick kickstart.
3: You got it. I mean, I, I, like I said, I'm just. Uh, I'm, I have everything completed. Uh, we. I just need to do a video and give them my credit card number to hopefully uh start receiving uh monies in we'll see what happens awesome but uh but it's it, 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 it's on it's, it, it's on
0: the, on the way well i'm i'm going to go read a book ernie i don't know about you okay. but i'm definitely in the mood to now read a book or two um have a couple on my shelf that i want to read but for right now ernie if you do us the grand honors as always peace mm-hmm. so. all right thank you so much ron hit us up at our usual all. locations And we'll definitely be talking to Ron again about more books and more fun. Have a great week, everybody. thanks, guys. Thank you. Have a good one.